0: Welcome to the So To Speak podcast. I'm your host, John Beadle. Look us up on Facebook at So To Speak and Twitter at speak underscore official. Our first meeting is coming up on March 16th at 7 p.m. There's gonna be an after party and the address will be in the description below. Our purpose is to have conversations in public, stir up cultural renewal and resource individuals so that they rightly interpret the world by first learning to rightly interpret themselves. Welcome to the show. All right, I promised you more interesting content. So here we are on March 1st, 2018. And my question is, is this group, so to speak, a religious group? Okay, well, what does it even mean to be religious? Well, the answer to that question is yes and no. Any thinking person would think of what I just said and think to themselves, well, I guess it determines what you mean by religious. In the ancient sense, we are religious or we're all religious, right? We're all religious in the sense that we're all constantly being formed. We're all constantly participating in cultural liturgy. Liturgy's been traditionally associated with the church, but it also can be associated with the culture. So the question is, does the culture tell us what to think, how to live, the best way to live constantly, what to invest our time, money, resources into? If the answer is yes, then we could be considered religious, that we participate in a narrative, in a formation story. We're all religious. But this group is not necessarily religious in the modern sense. Because modern religion, meaning religion after the enlightenment, is private, primarily private, and separate. Um, Non-integral basically, that's what I mean. When I say separate, I mean that it's okay, you have your Sunday morning over here, and then you have your Monday morning over here. They're different from your real life. That you could somehow be religious and that it would also not inform your public real life is absurd. You know, we're not... The modern identity is that we're cups. We're all like little cups. We hold our private leanings and conditions on the one hand and then live in a different way. But that's not true. I'm going to propose that we're more porous than that. We're like strainers. We have holes, we leak our identity all over the place. I mean, that's why we exist. One of the main reasons is that we help people form that identity in such a way that their life is more enriching and meaningful. So are we religious? In an ancient sense, yes. We're all being formed. In a modern sense, no. All right, let's talk about Billy Graham. He recently passed away, February 21st, 2018. I must confess, when I found out, it was after many hours. I I was surprised that it took me so long to figure out that one of the most well-known, not just evangelists, but celebrities or stars or historical people that America has produced in the last 50 years have passed away he was at the ripe old age of 99. He was just before his centennial, man. If it were me, I would've been like, man, I wish he would've made it to 100, you know what I'm saying, just to get that, those three digits in. Um, he was a great man across the spectrum. I remember an interview he did with Woody Allen in this, I think his late 60s, right? He already was a grandfather at that point. And uh, in this interview, Woody Allen asked him all kinds of awkward questions. Um, some shocking questions and he handles it with grace and it was sort of a, a wonderful kind of example of a man who can handle himself just with patience and care and be winsome about who he was and, and his identity. But something kind of shocking happened whenever he died. You'll notice that if you look on social media there were a lots of these sort of op-ed kind of journalists providing their opinions about Billy Graham that were extremely spiteful Strange in the things that they were saying about Billy Graham. So I read this really interesting article that counters this narrative um, of Billy Graham as some sort of misogynist or racist or whatever by a writer named Samuel James. It's from Mere Orthodoxy, their blog. He wrote this, ar- this, this article titled The Wrong Spite of History. And the reason he calls it The Wrong Spite of History is because of the sort of progressive mantra of the wrong side of history. Now, whether you're liberal or conservative or moderate, it doesn't matter. Um, What it means to be progressive today seems to have transcended those typical categories in a negative way. So when I say progressive, I don't mean liberal necessarily. What I mean is the view that says, well, any kind of, you know, anytime somebody says why we should adopt a certain cultural um, appetite or uh, a certain position in the public sphere the argument is always, it's time. Or people say things like, well, uh, it's 2018. It's not really an argument, of course. You're just saying stuff. You're just saying things. So it's sort of a play on words. Instead of saying the wrong side of history, he says in response to that with his title, the wrong spite of history. And he's referencing the, the, the jur- journalist specifically from Slate.com. Um, named Ruth Graham, no relation, who said this about Billy Graham after she also confessing to wincing at the different um, very harsh criticisms about about Billy Graham's politics, especially on LGBTQ issues. She says this, I can't defend Graham's tone-deaf forays into LGBT issues, though he wasn't nearly as concerned with the issue as many of his peers'. He was arguably ahead of most white pastors on the racial conflicts of the 1950s and 1960s, but certainly no crusader. Let me stop right there before I keep reading what she 's basically saying is hey he did he had a lot of good things to say, and he did a lot of great things in the social justice world, but I cannot give him that unless I first communicate to you that I still disagreed with him on some of these things it's it 's a very condescending way of it 's a way of signaling to your your uh, your supporters that that um, you would, you're so afraid of being guilty by association that you still have to say the negative, no matter even if there's a positive in there. Okay, let me continue. Here's what she continues to say. He was caught on tape denigrating Jews in the Oval Office during the Nixon administration. 99 years on earth provides a lot of time for growth and self-reflection, and Graham eventually apologized for these moral errors, but he never flipped around and became an activist with sustained attention to social justice. No one, she says, is obligated To forgive him. And then um, Samuel James continues, read that carefully. Billy Graham's sin in the end was that he never became a progressive. And for that reason, quote, no one is obligated to forgive him. And then he says, and we ought not to shame those who eulogize him with quote, have fun in hell, XYZ. And then he goes on to say of something very, very interesting. He says, What unsettles me about the modern progressive movement is its spite. I have used this space and other spaces to hold conservatives accountable for their spite and hatefulness, but I'm honestly not sure if there are any progressives doing the same for their side. When even Slate's Graham-sympathetic eulogizers are making moral equivocations in the service of vile sentiments toward a bereaved family, I have to wonder whether the woke left has any prophetic voices left within its own tribe. Now, here's what I want to say about this article and his response. Let me just say this. When a movement, any movement, left or right, down, up, straight, center, whatever, when a movement lacks any self-reflective impulse, and, is so, and so willingly throws out that impulse in order to shore up spite, or shore up getting on the bandwagon, run away. These people do not care about you or your thinking, only on your conversion, And, of course, the way a lot of progressives want to do conversion is through power. Um, This is how it happens in electoral politics all the time. And and a lot of our public conversation, unfortunately, has gone the route of, of which is we don't have time for conversation, they say. We can't make arguments. What's the point of making arguments when you can just get power? Well, my question for those people is this. Who's a religious fundamentalist now? Hey guys, thanks for listening to the podcast. I'm your host, John Beadle. Go ahead and subscribe to our iTunes and uh, like us on Facebook. Have a great day.